Welcome to the Bike Rumor Podcast, where we spin off from our usual tech coverage to pick the brains of the people behind the brands. If you want to hear how bikes and components go from ideas to the things we ride, this is the cycling podcast you've been waiting for. Please welcome your hosts, Tyler and Watts. Hey Watts, you know how that favorite jersey or riding jacket or even just like your favorite t-shirt or hoodie Sometimes, as soon as you put it on, it kind of smells. It's like you pull on those running shorts and just instantly you activate whatever has been sitting in there, yeah. even though you washed them four times. Yeah, it's like body heat activated smell, and it's oh, almost Oh, I know instant. too well. Yes. Well, so that's been the bane of my existence for far too long, and it's annoying because like I've got... You know, my rotation of t-shirts I love, and it's no matter what. As soon as you put them on, you're like checking yourself. You know, yeah, is anybody else going to notice this? And hopefully they don't. I don't know. Nobody ever says anything. But then again, I probably wouldn't say anything if you walked in and you had a mild aroma of BO. Fortunately, I have a constant miasma of BO going on. So no, no one can really say anything. What's, uh, what's miasma? I don't know that word. Just a like a cloud. Okay. I'm like pig pen. <laughs> <Nice. Yeah. laughs> uh, um, but uh, it's full of pheromones that just drive people wild. That's that's why people love you so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good. So whatever you're eating is creating the right bacteria. It works for you. It's, yeah. That's exactly what it is. All right. So over the years at Bike Rumor, we've gotten in... I wouldn't say a ton, you know, three or four different brands of some kind of sports wash or clothing wash additive or whatever. You throw it in or you soak your spray, your jerseys, your shorts, whatever it is, you know, running socks, cycling socks, spray it and, you know, inevitably I am disappointed in the results. They're all promising like, oh yeah, it gets rid of that odor. And so finally, I sat down with Gary Smith, who's the CEO of PolarTech. He's also the owner of IndyFab, Independent Fab Bikes. But for this conversation purposes, he is the head guy at PolarTech. And I wanted to see why our performance clothing develops this permafunk and if there's really anything we can do about it. So here's what he had to say. Hey, Gary, thanks for coming on the Bike Rumor Show. Oh, my pleasure. So I want to talk to you about performance fabrics and... As CEO of PolarTech, I imagine you have a pretty good grasp of everything that's going on there, right? I hope so. <laughs> some would question that, but that's okay. <laughs> right. That's all right. I mean, you know, you have to delegate down at some level. But as far as top level goes, you guys sure. just launched uh, a few weeks back, by the time this airs, the latest version of Neo Shell, which I, I like some of the early versions, but, you know, like you can't rest on your laurels. And you guys have a new jacket out. The first production model is from Ornot. And so what, what was the development process like that? Like what were some of the biggest challenges in creating something that was waterproof but also breathable? Yeah, well, the, the NeoShell platform since its inception, I guess, uh, six, seven years ago, um, was always uh, a product that redefined the, the market for waterproof, so-called waterproof breathables um, by really focusing on the breathable part. The waterproof part is relatively easy. And we define breathability as true air permeability, not, you know, moisture vapor transfer rate. I mean, historically, waterproof breathable fabrics 
have been very waterproof but have required a pressure differential to push moisture vapor through the membrane from the inside out. By the time that typically happens, particularly if you're doing anything aerobic like cycling, you're kind of soaked in your own sweat. So that was our tagline, what good is waterproof if you're soaked in your own sweat? And so the, the technology behind NeoShell is a different, fundamentally different membrane technology. All waterproof breathable fabrics are multi-layers. There's a fabric on the outside that really is just there for you know, looks or, or protection. Then there's a membrane in the middle, and then there's some sort of liner typically on the inside. Sometimes that's printed on in the so-called two-layer world. But in our case, the membrane was made out of uh, using a fundamentally different technology. It's not Teflon or EPTFE. It's it's actually a, a, an electrospun membrane, so it's mostly air to begin with and little tiny fibers. It stretches, so it's soft, it's compliant, it's not monolithic. That automatically made it something interesting for cycling. And so you fast forward to where we are today and with the launch with, with or not, what we've really been pushing is finer and finer gauge knits on the outside and inside of those layered fabrics, you know, historically they're wovens. Wovens tend to be a little crispy and you get that kind of crunchy potato bag, potato chip bag effect um, in most waterproof breathables. In this case, you got a nice soft knit that, that moves. Knits are three-dimensional. Wovens are two-dimensional. And so they move with the membrane. And so you can get something that's a little bit more aerodynamic, form-fitting, actually have a little bit of compression to it, a little bit of rebound. Um, so it's close to the body, it doesn't flap around in the wind, and it's truly air permeable. So for a cyclist, it's kind of got everything going for it, and it's relatively lightweight. Sweet. Well, I mean, so it that's, like that's kind of where we just pushed it. Yeah, it sounds like the perfect mix. So I've got yeah, sure. apparently one of those or not jackets on the way for review, so I'll be able to tell everybody you know how it actually works in the real world soon, I hope. Um, well, cool. So that's kind of what's most recent but what i was hoping to talk to you about was some conversation that you and i had a very long time ago and i don't know if you remember this but you know it's always bugged me that performance fabrics you know eventually develop some sort of funk to them and it doesn't matter how well at least for me like i try to take care of it i try and wash it after i ride in it you know pretty quickly or you know like really sometimes sure. even tried like soaking it thinking well maybe if i just like completely flood the fibers with water or something and then wash it like it'll all rinse away and you told me i was there's just no way and so the thing that sticks mm -hmm. out in my mind was that you said it's basically the bacteria that are in there you know bacteria coming off of your body and your sweat they get their way into the fabrics and then basically they poop and that poop is what's creating the smell am i remembering that right Yes, you are. <laughs> so what's, what's it's, the, the solution waste, here? <laughs> it's the waste product of the bacteria. Well, the solution has always been on synthetic fibers um, to apply some sort of chemical treatment that actually kills the bacteria. Um, so to prevent them from setting up shop and then ultimately, you know, making your, your garment into a toilet. Um, <laughs> and historically, that has been done with one of two, you know, either uh, metallic oxide, typically silver, because those metallic oxides on contact will kill bacteria at a, at a very high uh, kill rate, or some sort of um, uh, bacteria. Uh, it's a, I, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank, but like it's, an it's basically or? an insecticide. Okay. Yeah, it's like, you know, bacitracin, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, um, there's a term and I'm just, you know, it's, I've got the Mondays and I can't think of it. Um, but it's, it's, it's basically a chemical that will kill the bacteria on contact. 
And does that type and, uh, of thing, is it like antibacterials where the bugs can produce a resistance to it or no? Is it more of a physical? Yeah. So, so all the, all the, um, all the insecticides, you know, or, or, uh, bactericides, whatever you want to call them, you know, eventually, you know, organisms will have, have demonstrated that they can evolve and, and, and develop a, a, a greater resistance to them over time. Not to mention the fact that these things are getting washed out and they have a fairly long uh, life cycle in waterways, et cetera. So same thing with uh, the metallic oxides. There's been a lot of concern about the, the small metallic you know, particles getting into waterways or even getting absorbed directly into your skin over time. Um, you know, Regardless of you know the downstream side effects of these things, there's also just the fact that they eventually wash out of the garment, and then the garment no longer has that sort of protection. So even if those things don't have any you know downstream uh, negative consequences, they don't last; they wash out, um, and that's just that's just the dilemma. And uh, so, you know, ultimately the the thing that you want to wear next to your skin in a performance fabric context because it's really the it's really the layer that's touching your skin that you have to be concerned with um and you know we wool is is a natural antimicrobial right because wool is a keratin protein just like your hair and keratin proteins are not attractive to bacteria so even if you go out in the backcountry for a week and you don't shower, your body's going to smell funky, but your hair won't. I mean, you might not be able to get past that because your body stink is going to make it appear that your hair stinks. But bacteria don't set up shop in keratin proteins um, to the degree that they'll set up shop in a, in, you know, in a synthetic fiber or a cellulosic fiber, cellulosic being like cotton or tensile. Yeah, and you and guys do. I know you so, have some wool wool products. Like, is it? I yep. hope I'm not missing a competitor's name, but is it Power Wool? Is that your... Nope, Power Wool is us. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Um, the, the, and the whole the whole idea behind Power Wool is to put wool next to your skin, but then face the outside of the fabric with synthetics that either create compression, shape retention, but certainly enhance the durability and the dry time, which are really those are the three downsides to wool. You know, it gets saggy and baggy when it gets loaded uh, with moisture. It takes forever to dry, and it's the fine gauge merino that you'd want next to your skin that's comfortable is typically not very durable. Those yarns want to untwist, and so power wool is just that. It's it's making wool more powerful by creating a plated construction where you put the wool next to your skin. So in cycling, Kitsbo this fall launched a, a line of uh, compression power wool that we developed and. Um, gave them first dibs on in the cycling space. And Actually, it's, it's wearing, pretty awesome stuff. I'm wearing the knickers with it right now. Because we were talking before, I was literally headed out to ride, and then I checked the email and saw that we were on for uh, this recording. So fortunately, I stopped. But yeah, I'm getting ready to go ride in some of that right now. So I'm excited. It's it feels great, and yeah, it does have way more compression than a typical wool product would. Anything else I've ever had. Um, but like, wouldn't you just sweat right through the wool, and then the performance fabrics are still soaking up that bacteria sweat? Or is there there's some trick? Just the pr- not, proximity not, to not wool. To, yeah, not the not the not to the degree you'd think. I mean, I you know, we've we've had power wool out in the marketplace for for a few years now, and I've got pieces that are you know approaching four or five years old, and including T-shirts that I use in the gym, and the you know the wool next to skin appears to be enough to keep the bacteria from getting to the outside of the fabric and setting up shop. Um, Cause you know, they just, they just don't get funky the way synthetics do. Um, you know, after, after repeated uses and washings. 
for those of us who have a synthetic piece that we really, really like, why it seems like by now with all of the advances in technology in every realm of our lives, there would be some kind of detergent that could wash that stuff out. Some, like a solvent that would break down the bacteria waste product and flush it out. But it doesn't seem like there is. No, because what it, what it is, it's the, the fibers themselves have porosity, and it's, you know, basically the, the fibers at a microscopic level are little condominiums, you know, and, you know, they're just a, they're just a great, great place for bacteria to hide out. And so then what happens is that they get inherent in the fiber, and so, you know, just no hope. You'd, have to, you'd have to use, yeah, well, it's not that there's no hope. I mean, you know, we always, you know, we continue to push and push and push, and, you know, there's some, there's a lot of emphasis on, um, you know, antimicrobials that are good for the environment that are, you know, there's one that, uh, uh, God, again, I'm drawing a blank here, uh, case of the Mondays, I think it's coming from peppermint. That's what it is. It's like a peppermint distillate that, um, is an antimicrobial. And there's, there's a few other natural ones that are, that are being, um, looked at pretty seriously. And so, Again, though, they're going to wash out over over time because you know it's it's they're not inherent in the fiber. Hmm. And so you couldn't like so, in the like yeah you know, like a lot of synthetics. It's in my interpretation is essentially it's a melted plastic type nylon or whatever extruded. Could you not melt it in with that material and extrude it so that it's actually like just part of the fabric? Well, the the thing is, again, if you think about you know, you're absolutely right that, that synthetic fibers are, are typically extruded yarns. Um, so they're really like fine gauge fishing line. If you were to cut that and look at a cross section of it, you know, if you encapsulated in into the center of that extruded yarn antimicrobials, they wouldn't do any good because the, 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 the microbes never get to the center of the yarn. They camp out in the porosity that's on the surface of the yarn. And so only the bits that actually reach the surface of the yarn, their circumference, if you will, if you think about a circular profile, a lot of these yarns actually have uh, profiles that are not circular but not round, um, the cross-section. You know, you're only, you're only going to benefit from on the surface, and it's because those, those antimicrobials are on the surface of the yarn, even, even if the yarn's pocked with little, little caves that the, uh, the bacteria hang out in, you know, they eventually just wash out. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's well, not cool, but <laughs> or, or they lose they 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 lose their effectiveness after a period of time. Right. You know, even if they're still present. Right. Um, is there something so, like you know, like you see like the waterproof boosters that people can spray in their jackets? There's something like that where if you have this peppermint distillate product, it comes out. Let's say it works great, but it washes out after like 20 washes. Is there like is that something where you could create a spray that people can like kind of spray or soak their clothes in to kind of boost it and give it another 20 washes worth of bacteria resistance? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, you know, I, my understanding, I, again, don't quote me on this, but uh, that, that type of product, not the peppermint based one, but with more traditional antimicrobials, I think that might already exist. Um, you know, again, just like you can retreat your waterproof breathables, um, you know, with a, a DWR durable water resistant, uh, surface coating, I, I believe there are detergents, et cetera, that are specifically designed for performance fabrics that one, do a better job of getting at the, the, the campers, you know, the microbes that are camping on your garment and two might even, uh, replenish its antimicrobial properties. Hmm. What about, uh, I'm just trying to think like, I'm guessing a lot of those detergents and stuff, it's probably maybe a, 
a questionable antimicrobial that's maybe not great for the environment or something. But so a, a peppermint based one, like, could you just kind of create like a peppermint oil spray and, and use that? Or would something like that potentially harm the, these technical fabrics? Um, well, you're, you know, first of all, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm not a chemist and that's, that's not our wheelhouse. Um, you know, somebody like a Nick wax or, you know, brand that's in that sort of surface treatment space would probably be uh, a better person to talk to. Um, it's, it's entirely possible. Um, okay. I didn't know if you guys again, tested you know, somewhere the the, and you've seen like a clear degradation of the, the fabric's integrity yeah. over time or. No, I think at the end of the day, though, the consumer is, isn't going to want to be bothered with that. You know, they want stuff, you know, it's, it's a world where people just expect things to work, you know, whether it's phones, cars, apparel, or whatever. They just want to put it on and, and kind of, you know, live their lives and have it work in the background, so to speak. Um, and that's why I think, you know, inherent solutions are the, the best way to go. Um, like I said, you know, for any highly aerobic, high perspiration activity, again, people's biochemistry is different from human to human. And so, you know, some people, you know, sweat more than others. Some people sweat has, you know, a higher concentration of, you know, funk in it than others. Um, a lot of it depends on diet and, and, and just, you know, genetics. So it's to me just, you know, a solution that's inherent and like I said, you know, I'm a big fan of, of wool next to your skin because, you know, Mother Nature was pretty clever um, and has had a lot, a lot longer time frame to, to operate in to develop the best solution than, than humans have had. You know, human, you know, modern human history is relatively short by comparison to, uh, you know, the, 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 the age of the earth. So it, it just works. Like I said, you know, it's a keratin protein. It's inherently antimicrobial. And so, you know, it just, just doesn't doesn't invite folks in all right so without giving away any trade secrets what are well i want to say what are you guys working on but like what's next what's the next big challenge or feature that we should be looking forward to or expecting in you know cycling apparel well in cycling i think in performance apparel in general you know we've been trying hard to address you know we've always been a leader in sustainability you know we were the first to actually bring you know, synthetic fleece and base layer to market in the early 90s that was made out of recycled uh, water bottles, beverage bottles. Um, and so, you know, we were the first to surpass the use of a billion bottles. So it's just kind of part of our DNA. You know, we call it eco-engineering. Um, and so the big issue, you know, that uh, whether it's, you know, lifestyle clothing or performance clothing, uh, particularly in Europe, that folks are concerned about is microfibers, micro, you know, becoming microplastics, getting into waterways. Because as we discussed, a lot of a lot of performance fabrics are based on, you know, polyester and nylon and other synthetics that are at their, at the end of the day, they're petrochemical based, they're plastics, polymers. Um, and so we have just launched a, a textile platform called power air that focuses on knitting air into the fabric air as the insulator. And so historically we've, we've encapsulated air by lofting fibers, um, to create fuzz, you know, like, like an animal fur, and or using loose fiber fills encapsulated in a package like a, you know, puffy jacket or feathers, right? It's actually the space between the air is what's actually insulating, um, not the not the structure itself. And so, thinking about ways where we could kind of turn that on its head and create a fabric that has a much lower propensity to shed fiber, and that's where Power Air came from. And so, um, you know, think of it as knit bubble wrap, where we're creating little pockets of air that are part of the structure, and there's therefore there's fewer fibers that are exposed 
um, to be sloughed off or, or fall off and get into the environment. Um, you know, how that could benefit a cyclist, the uh, same, same way that alpha, you know, our breathable insulation benefits cyclists. You know, we're basically, you know, going to be able to create fabrics that stretch and conform and, you know, don't degrade your aerodynamic performance on the bike or feel, you know, loose and kind of, uh, but move with your body, but also encapsulate air next to your body, so insulates and at the same time can breathe uh, properly. So we're we're pretty excited about the launch of Power Air. When is um, that? When should we look forward to that? Well, uh, Adidas was the uh, the first launch partner, and they've already put product into the marketplace, mostly in the sort of lifestyle outdoor realm with uh, a hoodie jacket. Um, uh, a Swedish outdoor lifestyle brand, Houdini, uh, has come to market fairly quickly behind them. And so we're, we're in the process right now of opening it up to launching it formally to all of our, all of our customers. So I don't, I'm not aware of a specific cycling brand that has adopted it yet, but uh, hopefully by you know, spring of 20, which is kind of the next sort of launch cycle, if you will, we'll see, we'll see power air in the cycling space. Killer. Well, I look forward to trying that too. Um, Gary, man, thanks a ton for your time. I appreciate it. Sure. No problem, Tyler. Take care. Cheers. All right, Watts, what did you think of that? That made all the sense in the world. <laughs> it's bacterial poop. It's bacterial poop. Which is gross. So, <laughs> that pair of running shorts I mentioned earlier. <laughs> speaking of poop. Speaking of poop. Uh, one time I was running early in the morning. And I don't know if you've ever been here before, but like... Minute number 30 of running, you are in a bad place. And you're nowhere near a bathroom. And you're wondering if you so much as trip, <laughs> you know bad things are going to happen. And, uh, well, I was in that place, and I got hit by a car. <laughs> and knocked to the ground. Uh, there was waste product everywhere. But I still have those damn shorts. And yeah, um, just, you know, a little bit of sweat activates some bacterial poop smell. That's a little worse than body odor. <laughs> you gotta get rid of those things. At least it's not bike shorts no, when I'm riding behind because you. Because all these running shorts now suck. I don't know. They're all super long. Like, these are those great split leg no, running the ones shorts. like high school cross country in the no. 90s that's what they were you don't even need underwear they have like the, the mesh undies built of, in. oh yeah for oh, sure yeah mesh undies yeah. i could cut that out that's probably the, <laughs> that's probably the culprit anyway well actually those the mesh isn't the culprit it's the stuff inside the mesh yeah well i've uh i've done my due diligence trying to get that out of there and it's still there so it's still now i know it amazes me in like this day and age though that there's not some kind of solvent that could be added to a detergent that would just wash it away without destroying the fabrics but you know i mean i remember using some of that stuff like some shackley antibacterial something oh, shackley huh yeah shackley that tells you like high school no. <laughs> and anyway it uh, all it did was make the shorts smell even funkier mm. just like some other kind of product, I don't know. Yeah, like Shackley didn't. Yeah, like Shackley. Yeah, huh. remember Team Shackley? Uh, I just remember like that. It was like an MLM thing from forever ago, before whatever the latest MLM food stuff What's is. MLM? Multi-level marketing. Oh, you know, it was like selling. Yeah, yeah. 
That What's was the current stuff. one? I mean, they used to have, you know, the independent reps would be out at the sports trade shows and the bike yeah, races that was way exactly back in the it. day. Right. So oh, I just yeah. would get like free buckets of either protein powder or something. <laughs> yeah, I certainly was not a part of the pyramid scheme, but I just Because you'd be rich product. by now if you were. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. Yeah. So I think the takeaway for me from this is basically you're, we're all screwed. There's no way to get rid of it. But if you wash your stuff right away, at least the bacteria don't have time to linger and poop in your clothes and make them smell permanently bad forever. Or just use wool, which yeah, I still more. don't understand how like a dual layer, you know, wool on the inside, performance fabric on the outside, or vice versa, whatever. Like I don't quite get how that would work, how the... Bacteria wouldn't just hang out in the performance synthetic layer, but you know, he says it works. I kind of trust it. I've had some of their power wool stuff, and it's pretty decent. I have some wool clothing that me even looking at activates a smell inside of it. Is it so that that I don't wet know sheep smell though? Like there's that, and just a like cooked chili. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that smell. Y'all know that one. It's like chili garlic. Dipped in pennies in acid. Hmm. I think maybe you're just eating too much garlic. Hmm. Maybe. Could be, yeah. Like, I, I get that. I, I'm, uh, man, it's going to sound bad. Like, I'm familiar with that smell, right? Like, when you, if you've eaten a lot of garlic and you sweat it out, like, there are, I had a t shirt for a while I finally got rid of that had that, like, permanent garlic underarm odor. And it was terrible, you know? But, my girlfriend and I accidentally once washed uh, some clothes with a clove of garlic. I don't remember how that happened, but so I know what you're, you're talking about. One but in your pocket, <laughs> and you true. forgot to check your pockets. Maybe, maybe. Well, maybe, maybe I was microdosing with garlic. Yeah, maybe it's good for you, right? It mm-hmm. keeps the vampires away, because I know you have problems with those. Yep, they're real. All right, well. I don't have anything else to add to this one, other than wash your clothes. Oh, I know. No, keep keep those running shorts. You love them, and it will keep people from running near you. Yeah, actually, you know what? I did have one other thought. <laughs> people are going to be gross by this, and going to be like, "Amen, brother." It, you mean it's okay? So, do you ever wear a kit, and then like, and maybe it was only like a little forty-five minute ride. You didn't get quite the ride you wanted, or you didn't sweat a lot. You're like, yeah, I could probably wear that again. And you just totally kind of lay it on the floor, and then the next time you go ride, you wear the same kit. All the time. Yeah. Are you mean? Sometimes, like three, maybe four times. Don't judge. This is a no-judgment zone. But I'm surprised sometimes that those kids don't sneak more um, than they do, but... It depends on the time of year. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Supposedly, you sweat just as much when it's freezing cold. It's actually uh, worse. I just, I don't know. Summer humidity versus desert dry. True, true. Different yeah, words. I don't feel like I sweated a whole lot when we did the marathon in Israel because I was out in the desert. And it was warm during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, both of us, wore the same kit a couple of days in a row. Yeah, but I do think that the drying time is key. Like, if it dries instantly the way it does in desert air, that seems to be great. If it sits in that mank... Mm, yeah, I think the bacteria like the moisture, right? Mm-hmm. Like without that, they're kind of like, well, I give up. Exactly. Or they don't poop when it's dry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> On that note, 
We will see you guys next time. Bye, y'all. That's a wrap on this episode. Tune in next time for another great ride. Be sure to follow at BikeRumor on your favorite social media and hit like and subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks, and we will see you next time.